0: You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. I'm glad you're here. Uh, This week you tagged me on a lot of your posts and messages about breakfast. I got so many messages about bacon, eggs, biscuits, gravy. Uh, I think we should have got a cut of all the breakfast places in the Metroplex because uh, we filled them up. And uh, so I'm glad you're here. Every response I gave on that was, remember grace, because that was all about last week. And so remember, y'all were booing me last week when I took a bite of that, remember grace, okay? Remember grace. So uh, uh, we're going to keep going in this series. So would you welcome up Tank, and Tank is going to help us out. Tank, you've been so awesome through this series. We missed Tank last night. Um, Tank got called down to Beaumont to help with the the water issue, and so let's be praying for our our neighbors to the south that are dealing with uh, the remnants of the the floods and the rains and everything, and so uh, we're glad you got to come home last night just so you could be with us. Exactly. It was awesome because I was (laughs) trying to figure out how I was going to do this and preach, and I don't think I could have done it. I mean, I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, multitasking for me just doesn't happen. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, are you doing Serve Sunday next week? You might be in Beaumont, though, right? Yeah. You'll be serving in Beaumont. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you that haven't signed up for Serve Sunday, there's just a few spots left for Servolution. So get signed up. And don't just sign up. Because see, when you sign up and don't show up, you take somebody else's spot. Sign up and show up. It's the two things, okay? Sign up and show up. And so uh, Servolution is one where I said this last time. I said, guys, let's man up. Let's go do this. Servolution is where we go and we get houses ready for an extreme makeover to happen. And so, yeah, it's, it's dirty work. It's gritty work. But come on, guys, man up. And I said that in the spring, and a lot of you ladies were like, what about us? It's like, come on. Well, the ladies showed the men up in the spring. They were tired. Really? There were guys sitting there, I'm tired, I'm hot. No, there, were, there were ladies ladies are ladies mowing everything. Trucking along. They were. It was awesome. So Servolution, sign up, Carter Blood Care. You know, whenever we go through crisis in the nation, especially in this region, there's always a need for blood. And in the spring, Carter said, hey, we've never had a response like that from a church before. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Let's, let's blow that out of the water this, this week, though. Um, we just been breaking records like crazy around here. Like the last uh, the last month, attendance records have been going crazy. And and so thank you for being here, and thank you for locking in. And so uh, uh, I'm excited. Let's go on to the series. Come and get it. What are we cooking today, Tank? We're cooking filet mignon. We'll have <laughs> we'll have potatoes, little squash, and a little bell pepper. Yes and amen. Of course, with some butter. With butter, because butter makes it better. Exactly. Oh, and so I see some garlic. A little garlic. Sauce. Some thyme. together. Mm. Well, let's figure out while we're cooking this. So go to Acts chapter 10. And in Acts chapter 10, we've been going through, in the series, what we try to do is create memories associated with food. And smell is closely, smell and taste are related, and then all this ties in with food, and it creates memories. And so as we were planning planning and preparing for this series, our goal was we wanted you to create some memories of God. We just celebrated communion, and we remembered the sacrifice of Jesus. I mean, there's nothing sacred about the juice and the wafer, but it brings that memory. And it's just amazing that every time... That juice, that, that acidic juice touches my tongue. I just remember that Jesus is good and that he gave his best for us. He gave his best so that we could have his best. And so uh, as we get into this, we're going to go through a pivotal point in Acts, really in the kingdom, in the gospel, in this whole mission that the, is called the church. Acts chapter 10 is where the gospel goes out to the Gentiles. You and I are the Gentiles. That's that's the good news, right? Because the the table just got bigger. And so in in Acts, we see that that the Holy Spirit comes at the day of Pentecost, and there's this movement that's picking up momentum of Christianity. And in Acts chapter 10, we we see the shift happen, and the gospel is this. The gospel is the good news. It means good news. And the good news is this, that that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God gave His only Son. Jesus lived a perfect life. He lived full of the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave His life on a cross for us, and on the third day was resurrected. That's good news. But where the news gets even better is when our life connects with that. And so that's what we see happen in in Acts. And it says in, in Romans about the gospel, tank that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Mm-hmm. To the Jew first, and then to the Greek, and this is or to the Gentile and the Greek, and this is where we see that happening. This is where we see it all expanding. That's an awesome looking steak. <laughs> hey, Tank, cut this down himself. He bought the whole tenderloin and cut it. Now, is that not? Did you butcher the cow too? I wish. You I wish. don't have a cow. Yeah. Or I would. You You would have had a cow. I would. Yeah. Exactly. Would have had well, we're grateful for the sacrifice of this cow that's getting that's right. this point across today and yeah, can you smell that it smells good and we're just getting started on it he's putting the sear right. on it Ugh. <laughs> I'm hungry already y'all so anyway anyway so what's happening is is in Acts chapter 10 we see the gospel going out to everybody and, and God does it in a really cool way. So you've got Peter, and we've spent some, some time looking at, at his life and his ministry over the last several weeks. But, but Peter gets, gets hungry one day, and he goes up to the roof, and he's praying. But while that's going on, the day before that, there's this man named Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman soldier. He's a centurion. He's, he's a commander. And he would have been considered a Gentile. Peter was Jew. Cornelius was a Gentile. And so Cornelius has a reputation of being generous. And being able to, he does good things for the people. He's, he's, got, he's got service and he's got generosity. He's known as a God-fearing man. And an angel appears to Cornelius. And the angel says, Cornelius, I want you to send a man for a man named, send for a man named Peter. He's staying at the house of Simon, who's a tanner. Send for him and he's going to help you out. And what I find so awesome about that is the angel could have shared the message of the gospel. I mean, the angel could have showed up and said, hey, Cornelius, I know that that you're seeking God and here's what you need to do. But God didn't do it that way because God God doesn't want the angels to preach. He wants you and I to preach. God trusts you and I to be engaged in the mission of the gospel. He chooses to do it that way. And so Cornelius gets this message from the angel and he sends some of his men over to get Peter over to Joppa. And so while that's going on, Peter, we see him in Acts chapter 10. Let's start verse 9. And it says this. It says, the next day, after, that, after the angel appeared to Cornelius, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. I think all of us are at that place right now, right? Okay, mission accomplished, Tank. He's right. This week, I think what we're just going to have to do is throw the steak in the crowd and run. <laughs> steak like we're feeding a bear. I'm feeling the tension. It was like, okay, we tolerated the biscuit, but not the steak. Sorry. <laughs> My patience has limits. <laughs> so Peter was hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing the meal, while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open up and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. That's the mantra of every hunter. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, God said to go kill and eat. It's just like Jesus said last week, we got to have a charcoal grill, which we're kind (laughs) of breaking away from the Bible a little bit, Tank. We are. I mean, we're cooking in a skillet, not charcoal. But the reason for that is Heather said no. I wanted a charcoal grill on the stage because last week Jesus had a charcoal fire. It's biblical. It's holy. God would protect us. But Heather said no. (laughs) So we're doing it this way. She left in the first service, I saw, because she was nervous. I saw her praying. She didn't want the smoke detectors going off. But we found out all it would do is make noise. The sprinklers wouldn't oh, go good. off. So Perfect. the sprinklers went Crank off. Crank this thing up. No, no. <laughs> she, she's already looking at us like, no, no, no. But get up and kill and eat, which, which to me, I'm like, yes and amen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, Peter said, by no means, Lord, because Peter's Jewish. There were strict dietary laws for the Jews. He said, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, said, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once into heaven. What what a cool thing. I mean, we see a dietary change happening, but this is so much more than diet, you guys. This is an expansion of the kingdom. This is God's plan. This is God taking everything out. So 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 Peter's like, you know, this vision, can you imagine? I mean, when I get hungry, I see visions, but mm-hmm. I think they're of restaurants. <laughs> but but Peter sees this vision of what, what looks like a sheet coming down and all these animals that that he couldn't eat. And God's like, "Hey, open season now, Peter." And so Peter's trying to figure this out because cuz If Peter would go to a Gentile's house or if he would touch any of these things unclean, he would be considered unclean. And God's changing his mind here. God's changing, there's a whole shift in the kingdom. He said, don't call common or unclean what I've declared clean. And what we need to understand is that every one of us are unclean before God without Jesus. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel unto salvation is that we can be declared righteous clean before God through what Jesus did. Now, now, while Peter's thinking about this vision, he's trying to figure out what this means, because that's a big deal. I mean, think about it. It's a whole mind shift change from everything that he's been doing in ministry up to this point. I mean, everything that, that he'd been involved with, and he, he heard Jesus say, go into all the world, but it's like, we've just been ministering to the Jews, and now God opens the gate. I mean, this is the dinner bell for the entire world to receive the grace of God. And so, so Peter's trying to figure this out. And the Spirit, Holy Spirit speaks to Peter in that moment. And he said, hey, there's some guys that are going to show up. You need to go with them without hesitation. And this without hesitation means without prejudice, that you just, man, don't, don't go. Are they Jewish? Are they non-Jewish? Are they Gentile? Are they clean? Are they unclean? Should I go? Should... The Holy Spirit said, go. So they show up. Peter invites them in. And then, the, then they go to the house. And Peter takes some people with him. And so they go meet Cornelius and they're in Cornelius' house. And Cornelius tells Peter about the angel coming and like, man, it scared me. And said, don't be afraid. You know, I'm going to, you need to send for Peter. He's going to come and he's going to tell you what you need to do. And so Cornelius looks at Peter and says, so I'm really interested in what you have to say. How many of us pray for opportunities like that to share our faith? I mean, where God just completely sets it on the T for us, and, and somebody says, hey, I'm really curious about God. I want to know about Jesus, and I really am curious about what you have to say. What an awesome opportunity. Most of us don't share our faith because we're praying, oh, well, God doesn't set it up that easily for me. Or a lot of times, we don't share our faith tank because we're scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're cooking a steak, and, and we get scared of the results. And, and we, you know, I'm watching this. It's been in there a long time. What are we cooking this to? Rare. Rare? Mm-hmm. But it's been in there a long time. Thick steak. It is a thick steak. Takes a little while. It's smelling good, y'all. But so he looks at Peter and says, I'm really interested in what you have to say. And this is what happens. Verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So he's, God's say, like, I don't get to judge anymore who's clean and unclean. We don't judge who's outside of the grace of God. I mean, there's boundaries, there's walls, there's things being broken down. I mean, it's not, it, this is breaking down racial divisions, socioeconomic divisions. This is breaking down the decisions of our past. It doesn't keep us from the grace of God that God's grace is extended to everyone. God shows no partiality. He invites everyone to the table. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. That's cool right there, because Peter's telling Cornelius the gospel. He's like, look, this is Jesus who was crucified, and God raised him again. And we ate with him. I mean, Peter, remember last week, Peter was the one that Jesus cooked breakfast on the beach for. Mm -hmm. Peter's, see, we don't see the bunny trail here. If you've been around the creek any amount of time, you know I have a tendency to go on bunny trails. Like, I'll be teaching, and I'll just get sidetracked, and I'll go a different direction for a minute, but I come back. But here, Peter just says, we ate and drank with them. Peter's got to be thinking, right? Because food creates memory. When I talk about food, it brings back memories. And Peter's like, hey... I ate and drank with him. Matter of fact, man, I, I I failed Jesus. I denied him. I walked away from him. And after his resurrection, he cooked me breakfast on the beach and he restored me. That's the power of the one I'm telling you about, Cornelius. I mean, he's got to remember the the, the Lord's Supper. I mean, we had juice and a wafer, but he sat and had a meal with Jesus on the night that he was betrayed and he gives them this this whole meal, and he shares with them the meaning behind what they're eating, and he's, he's opening their eyes to what's going on. He goes, we ate and we drank with him, and he commanded us to preach to all the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So, so, What's incredible in this moment is Peter opens his mouth and he shares the gospel. And he's teaching Cornelius, it's not because of your generosity. It's not because you do good things. It's because of the grace of God. It's this belief. He says that all who believe in him receive forgiveness of sin. And it changes everything. And most of us don't want to share the gospel because we try to take the results on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting concerned for you because this has been cooking a long time. And whenever I cook a steak that long, it doesn't come out rare. <laughs> it comes out charcoal. But I'm try- I-, I can't take on your results because you're trained. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't share our, God, our faith because we don't feel like we know enough. You know more than enough to share your faith. Look at what Peter did here. He didn't go into dissecting to Cornelius. Well, let's talk, about, you had an angel show. Up. Let me talk to you about this vision that I had and the sheep. and what does that mean? And all these animals that are unclean, according to my diet, he, he's not trying to break doctrine down to Cornelius. He opens his mouth and he shares about Jesus. He says, "You know, you've heard the story. You heard about Jesus. He was hung on a tree, He was crucified. He went around the country. He was anointed with power from on high through the Holy Spirit by God. And he lived a sinless life. He did this. He had power over the enemy. He had power over sickness. He has power over sin. And they hung him on a tree. And he was crucified. And God raised him on the third day. And I was a witness to that. That's what we need to share our faith. I mean, some of us think, what do I, I don't don't know. And then we try to take on the results. We just got to tell what Jesus has done in our life. Well, how do you know he was resurrected? How do you know God's real? I can tell you what he's done in my life. Peter says, I ate and drank with him. That's where he says, we were appointed to be witnesses. And he says, God is the one who's the judge. The world needs less judges in the kingdom of God and more witnesses. We need more people that are saying, here's what God has done. You want proof of the resurrection. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. This is who I was. This is who I am. And it's all by his power that this happened. And and, and it changes our whole perspective of who is in and who's out of the grace of God. And then Peter doesn't have to take the results on. I don't have to take the results on in this state. It's going to taste good, though. That's like, you know... My, my responsibility as your pastor is to teach you the gospel and teach you the truth and teach you the word of God. I'm not accountable for your decisions. I'm accountable to speak the truth. I'm accountable to be a witness. And when I try to take those results on, it wears me out. I don't have to take the results on. I just have to be obedient. When, I'm, when I do, God says, when you do your part, I'll do my part because God wants to involve us. God could send angels to every person on the planet and go, you need to believe in Jesus. But he chooses to use us, broken vessels, to say, I'm a witness of his power. I'm a witness of what he's done. And man, it's incredible. It says this, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. And Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who've received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked him to remain for some days. That's an incredible moment. That's that's the gospel going outside of the Jews. It's going to the Gentiles. You and I are here because of that event. You and I can have access to the grace of God because of that event. And what's an interesting thing, Tank, is like while Peter's still saying these things, the Holy Spirit comes on him. Because Peter said, what? It's not your good works. It's not your generosity. It's not all of these things you think you do, it's belief and belief alone. That he's sharing them who Jesus is. and these people are like, "I believe Jesus is who He says He is. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus was raised again. I believe He has the power to forgive my sins. And they believe that, and all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit comes. And the people that came with Peter, are like, "This is amazing, because up until now, only Jews who believed in Jesus had received the Holy Spirit. And they start speaking in these tongues. And people, people ask me, Tank, do we believe in speaking in tongues? Because that can get kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we believe in that. We believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe that they're all active. But let me tell you what we don't believe in, the abuse of those gifts. We don't believe that those are gifts that mark your maturity and your faith. We don't believe those are gifts God gives you so that you can act more special than someone else. Let me tell you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and the first part of 15, he gives some serious instructions on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says they are powerful. They are to be used with humility and love. They're not to lift you up. They're to lift the church up. And and here's what you see. In chapter 15, Tank, I love it because there's all this chaos happening with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and Paul is setting them straight. There's order in this. There's a way to do this. And it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And Paul says in 15, he goes, I want to remind you of the gospel which I preach to you, which is of first importance. What he's doing is he's bookending his, his teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit to, to, so we can understand this. Anytime the Holy Spirit empowers someone, it is to do this, to make the person and work of Jesus very clear. These people are praising God. And, and, and every time the Holy Spirit moves, it doesn't mean somebody's going to speak in a different tongue. I mean, that happens throughout Acts. I mean, we can't always say that's the way it happens. We see the Holy Spirit empowering the disciples and they speak the word of God boldly. We see here that they're they're speaking in these tongues, but they understand the people who are with Peter understand them because they're praising God. And what we've got to know about this is that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the power behind this. The Holy Spirit does the work that we can't do. I'm, I'm accountable to speak and teach the truth and share the truth. The Holy Spirit's the one that cuts to the heart and makes the change happen. And when you believe the Holy Spirit comes in and does that work of transformation, this is a shift that's happening in the book of Acts, not just from Jew to Gentile, but, but the, way, the way God is, has, has been working Because in Acts chapter 2, Peter, we see Peter teaching a message after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he goes out, he speaks the word. He's speaking, and people are hearing it in their native language. He's preaching the gospel, and people hear it, and it says that they're cut to the heart. That's the Holy Spirit's work. And they ask Peter, what must we do to be saved? And Peter says, you repent, and then be baptized, and then you'll receive the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we try to create a formula around how God works. Okay, so what we gotta do is I gotta repent because you don't get forgiveness of sins without repentance, okay? So I repent, then I get baptized in water and then I get the Holy Spirit. Well, that must be how God works. Well, here we see it different. Peter's speaking and the people believe. They believe. There's a cutting to the heart. There's repentance. You don't get forgiveness without repentance and the Holy Spirit comes upon them and then Peter's like, whoa, okay, now we gotta baptize you. I mean, we can't withhold baptism from them because they've received the Holy Spirit. What, 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 what's going on? The Holy Spirit at that moment has just sealed the deal. He's sealed them for eternity. He's given them the promise and the guarantee. And so we, we, when we try to put God in a box and say, this is how God always does it, God's going to go, you're missing the point. I mean, Jesus in his ministry on earth, take he healed three different men of blindness three different ways. And I think he does that just to say, you're not going to box me in. You want to you prescribe to me how I should do things? He said, no, I'm going to change how I do things. It's just so we don't box God in. And we say, God, you do this the way you know best to do it. And Peter says, let's get baptized. And he stays with them for a couple days. Now, Peter got criticized for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he got back, the, the, other, the, other, uh, the other Jews were like, you ate with them. They're unclean. And Peter's like, okay, wait, guys, t- time out. You got to hear what happened. So he tells them what happened. And in verse chapter 11, verse 18 of Acts, it says that they praised God. Why? Because the table got bigger. Because the whole... Ch- shift in, in ministry has happened that now it's not just to the Jews. Now it is also to the Gentiles. We just had the whole world opened up. Jesus said, go into all the world. The whole world has just been opened up for us to go share the grace of God with people and praise God that he's extending his grace to all people. I mean, there's a complete shift that's happening in this. And, and, and Peter's like, that's exactly right. And we need to remember this. I mean, think about it. that vision of Peter dealt with food, right? Get up, kill and eat, Peter. But man, it was opening up so much more in the kingdom, right? Because God knows how to take food and make memories. He knows how to connect food with, with, with our thoughts, I mean, it's just why Jesus said, I've given you this this communion so that you remember, you constantly remember, because we constantly need to be reminded of his goodness. And when we think about this food, when we think about this steak, this is the good, this is the best, because God gave his best in Jesus. And so when we taste this steak, here's what we got to remember. So everyone out there can see it. Yeah. You want to see that? Look at that. That should be on HGTV, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Good job. Thanks, man. And it's rare. Look at that. Oh, yeah. You don't even need a steak knife to cut that. Nope. Mm. Only a couple forks. But you know what? <laughs> you know what we got to do? We got to remember this. I mean, this, this steak, this vision of Peter eating Drinking with Jesus. Here's the deal we got to be in a place where we can receive from God. We've got to get around the table. I mean, too many times Christianity is this. It's, it's people looking on the outside of the glass and trying to see in at other people and seeing other people being satisfied and other people getting to partake of the grace and other people getting to serve it up and cook it up and eat it up. And we've got to get them in a place where we can receive from God. Look at Peter. He got to the rooftop. He said, I got to get away from the noise. I've got to change an environment here. I've got to be in a place, God, because I want to hear from you. It was was an environment where God could do some correction for Peter. This is the way you've been thinking, Peter, and this is what I'm changing your thinking to. Are you in an environment where God can change your thinking? I mean, we we become a product of our environment. If I hang around people who don't eat good, I'm going to not eat good. When I hang around people like Tank that are going to serve this up, I'm going to eat good. That's right. I'm going to eat real good. I mean, check your environment. Are you in a place where God can open up some change in your life, and then are you around people? Because Peter took some people with him to Cornelius' house. They got to be witnesses of this happening, and are you around people that are supporting that change in your life? So when God changes your thinking and starts to move you into holiness and righteousness, are you around people that support that and encourage that? If you're not in that kind of environment, it's time to make a change, because people will pull you down. And Peter gets in an environment. We've got to, ha- that's why we set up life groups. That's why we do Bible studies. That's why we have serve teams. That's why we have serve Sunday. We try to set the environment for you. But all we can do is make the invitation. Our obedience is required. God's inviting us, but we've got to be obedient with it, Tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peter gets this incredible vision. He's like, "Awesome, I can eat pork now." You know what's funny? When we first launched the church, there was a lady that called me who had grown up in a system where pork was not allowed. Mm-hmm. It was dietary restriction. And she had, she'd been coming to the creek, and you know she was growing in this relationship with Jesus, and she'd, she'd put her faith and trust in Jesus, and she called me one day, really angry. And I'm like, what did I do? And she goes, I have a question for you, Pastor Matt. I was like, what's that? She goes, can I eat pork now? And I'm like, well, yeah. And she's like, I was told I could never eat pork, that that was in the Bible. And I was like, well, let's let's look at what the Bible says. I take her to this vision. Mm -hmm. She was so angry. (laughs) I thought she'd be, because what was funny is she goes, so I can eat pork. All this time I could eat pork and I haven't been able to eat pork. I said, well, help me understand something you're pretty angry. Is it that you've been eating pork and you feel guilty? (laughs) She's like, yeah, that's it. No guilt. Bacon-free guilt, or guilt-free bacon. Guilt-free bacon. Wow. So Peter, diet changes, right? Pork chops. Pork chops. Hey, can you give me some bacon-wrapped pork tenderloin on the grill, please? (laughs) But it changes the whole shift. He's not just obedient that. He's obedient to go with the people that Cornelius had sent. And he's obedient to speak the gospel. And he's obedient to understand what the Holy Spirit is doing in that moment. We've got to be obedient. I mean, I'm looking at this steak and I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 1. It says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I mean, for me, steak is the good of the land. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of: steak, these potatoes. You roast them, then grill, then pan grilled them a little bit. Mm-hmm. These a little vegetables, butter. little little bit of butter always makes it better. Oh yeah! Y'all are looking at me with eyes of hate right now, <laughs> but it requires our obedience. See, I can extend the invitation, but you got to accept it. We can set the environment, but you got you to be obedient to go into that environment. We've got a team that's worked for months to set up Serve Sunday. We don't do that just for us. We do that to set an environment for you to walk in obedience, to have encounters with the gospel. That's why we do the groups and everything we do. Do something. We're called to do something. We'll help you in that. But we have to walk in obedience. And, and, and when, when our willingness comes in line with that obedience, man, there's an incredible thing that happens. It's like the gospel just picks up traction in the world because God's like, this is what I can work with, man. This this I can use. And what we get to do is we get to go out and be witnesses to all the world. Because here's what we've got to understand. Everyone is invited. Everyone is invited. You are invited. I'm invited. Tank, you're invited. That's good news. I mean, what we get to do, this is is God taking this plate, and he's extending it to us, and he's saying, look, I'm inviting you to the table. I gave my best so you could have the best. It reminds me of a story Jesus told in Luke chapter 14. It was the parable of the banquet where this, this rich guy decides to throw a banquet, and he calls his servants out, and he goes, take these invitations out to these people, and so they start RSVPing. no. One's got, one guy's like, hey, I bought some property. Got to go check that out. I got, bought some ox. I got to go check those. And one says, I got married. I can kind of understand that one, though, because yeah. you don't, when you get married, you don't do anything without your wife's permission. Nope. Getting big but, but he should have gone, honey, we really got to be at this. I mean, we yeah. got to be at mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But they all give excuses and bow out. The guy's like, he's upset. He's like, I've prepared my best. So he tells his servants, go into the city and bring all the people that they call unclean. Bring the blind, bring the lame, bring the broken, bring the poor, bring the oppressed, bring them in, bring them into my house. So they bring all these people in. They accept the invitation mm-hmm. because they're like, hey, we don't get food like this. Yeah. I want food like this. And the house still still room. And so he sends them out into the countryside. He goes, go bring them all in. I want my house to be full. I mean, Jesus is speaking of this Acts 10 event in Luke 14 with this story. This is is the grace of God. You and I have no hope of eating this good without the sacrifice of Jesus, without the invitation for us to come in and be a part of the kingdom, to come in and sit at the table in the presence of God. And what I love about that is God's table, table never runs out of seats. There is room for everyone. But listen to me, listen to me. Everybody hear this. There's room for you. Don't just hear me say there's room for everyone. There's room for you. But you gotta accept the invitation. You gotta accept what God is serving up. You know, we've been eating a lot during this series. Mm-hmm. I had to hit the gym pretty hard this week after the biscuit and gravy and bacon. Yeah. But the kingdom of God isn't just about me consuming. It's about me also serving. So who wants this? Oh, I saw your hand first, Carol. <laughs> Dude, she was, she was like, boom. Come there are and... two forks. They could share. Yeah, you could share. You come and get it. Come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy. Half these people just said, honey, we're staying for the third service. Right. <laughs> You'd be on it. We're raising our hand first. <laughs> I'll know who you are because you'll be like this, all third service. Just waiting. you would be kicking people out of the way. But all we can do is be obedient to the call of God. And my hope with this teaching today, is that as you think of steak, as you smell steak, as you eat steak, then you're reminded that you have a place at the table of grace. And God says, I'm inviting you. And he wants us to bring someone with us. We have a responsibility in the kingdom. It's wide open, y'all. It is an open invitation to all the world. Let's stop trying to play judge on who's in and who's out of the grace of God and let's go be witnesses of God's grace to all the world around us. We have an awesome opportunity next Sunday to do that. Let's be the witnesses that a world that so desperately is starving for the good stuff can accept an invitation and be satisfied. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you and we thank you for your grace. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross. You gave your best so that we could receive the best, so that we could receive grace and mercy, hope, forgiveness, and restoration. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, right now to work in the hearts of people today that you ignite belief and that you bring restoration, salvation. God, as we just say, Jesus, I accept your invitation. I believe that you love me. I believe that you prepared a place for me at the table. I believe that you gave your life for me and you were raised on the third day. And I, I desire your life to be at work in me. I accept your invitation. Holy Spirit, we know you do the work in that moment. So I'm asking you to do what only you can do. That so many accept that invitation. I'm asking for us all to accept our responsibility because sitting at this table means we're a part of a family and you give us a responsibility. Help us. Give us the strength to be obedient to what you're calling us to do. Give us the faith to to go when you say go without hesitation. Give us the words to speak. Help us to overcome our fear and just speak who you are, Jesus, and what you've done in our life. Thank you. Thank you for the best. Thank you for what you did on the cross so we can all come to the table and receive grace. We can receive purpose and we can receive life. And we pray this all for the power of your great name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at